0: hello friends good morning and happy Easter Monday um, this is Vicky Rua on my blog just thinking aloud and uh, I hope you had a good Easter break and I thought to bring an Easter message to you today to take advantage of this celebration you no know, we're still talking about knowing jesus we're still talking about getting a deeper understanding of the identity of christ and today we're going to be talking about the paradox of the lion and the lamb jesus is the lion and the lamb and this is a name that god called jesus himself in the book of revelation we'll be going through revelations chapter 5 To get a good look at who Christ is as the lion and the lamb and now when you hear the words the lion and the lamb these two words used together what comes to mind remember we're thinking aloud and we are engaging our minds and our hearts in understanding who Christ is what comes to mind when you hear the lion and the lamb used in the same sentence one person lion and the lamb and this is what we call a paradox and so a paradox is a seemingly contradictory statement that is nonetheless true and it, it comes from the greek a greek word and it means contrary to expectation belief or Received opinion and so we want to look at Jesus as the lion and the lamb taking a look at the characteristics of these two animals obviously they both have very different characteristics in fact opposite characteristics the lion has power strength and commands fear and respect however the lamb lacks this he lacks confidence, he's weak, he's fearful, and sometimes is considered humble, direct opposite of the lion. However, Revelations chapter 5 shows Jesus is both the conquering lion of the tribe of Judah and the lamb who was slain on Good Friday. The lion and the lamb are descriptions of two aspects of the nature of christ now let's take a look at the lion what kind of lion was jesus and so you know he was a lamb like lamb like lion oh that was a tongue twister the lion of judah conquered because he was willing to take heart of a lamb he was willing to take the place of a lamb a humble lamb he was quiet he didn't say anything he was led like a lamb to the slaughter he came into jerusalem on palm sunday like a king on the way to a throne however a king on a donkey's coat And he went out of Jerusalem on Good Friday like a lamb on the way to the slaughter. Now let's take a look at Revelation 5 verse 4. It says, So I wept much, because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll, or to even look at it. If God were to open the scroll himself without a mediator, without a go-between and deal directly with sinful man. It would all be consumed and there will be no salvation at all. First, God is a God of love because he will never, he would never want to open the seals of history without the hands of a savior. From the beginning, man fell and we needed a savior. And the seal was the promised judgment for sin. It's the result of sin. And if that seal had been opened without a mediator, we would have been judged. There would have been no solution for man. There will be no triumph for the gospel, no marriage supper with the lamb, no new heaven, no new earth, no eternal life. Can we imagine that? No hope whatsoever. Only weeping and gnashing of teeth. We will be of all men most miserable. But however, thank God, it's suddenly in verse five. It says, but one of the elders said to me, do not weep behold the lion of the tribe of Judah the root of David has prevailed to open the scroll and to lose its seven seals and that is a voice of rejoicing that is the voice of resurrection that is the voice of hope that is the voice of triumph and now however once you hear this kind of introduction Introducing a lion, introducing a king, the root of David. Who or what would you expect to see? And so let us go in to verse 6. Verse 6 says, And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns. The lamb appears after a king was introduced. Instead of a king appearing, we see a lamb appearing. And he alone is worthy to open the scroll that recounts God's story of redemption because he was slain and with his blood purchased all people for God, from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you will see this in verses 6 to 9. Notice that the lamb has seven horns. A horn is a symbol of authority, strength, and power throughout the book of Revelation, as well as in the Old Testament. And you may want to take a look at Deuteronomy 33, Psalm 18, or Psalm 112. And the number seven signifies fullness, completeness, and perfection. And this is where Jesus said, It is finished on the cross. And so we see the lion and the lamb all in this one chapter, Revelations chapter five. And so let's take a closer look at the lamb. Actually, a lamb is a baby sheep. It's it's one of the most prolific, significant biblical symbols. The word first appears in Genesis 22, when Isaac asked his father, Abraham, where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham responds, God will provide himself a lamb. In verses seven to eight. In one sense, providing a lamb is a theme of the whole Bible. The human race needed a substitute sacrifice and we needed a savior every Old Testament sacrifice foreshadowed the need for a savior an offering a sacrifice Isaiah 53 verse 7 says he Jesus was led like a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before the shearer is silent so he did not open his mouth John the Baptist introduced Jesus as the Lamb of God who will take away the sin of the world in John chapter 1, verse 29. Peter also reminds us that we are redeemed with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect in 1 Peter 1, 18-19. Because of these, we can worship with angels. Going back to... Our text for today, Revelations chapter 5, looking at verse 11, it says, Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Now we want to take a look at the lessons learned from Jesus as a lion and the lamb. The truth is, a lot of the life of Christ was a paradox. He did not fit into man's ideas of who he ought to be. He just came to fulfill his purpose. And his purpose, for you to really understand, you need to dig into the Holy Spirit, or else you will see it all as very confusing and so we are going to take a look at seven lessons learned from Jesus as a lion and a lamb the first paradox humility exalts you know in our time and age it's like when you're humble when you're patient you don't get what is due to you however jesus as a lion and the lamb teaches us that humility actually exalts and paul explained it very well in the book of philippians chapter 2 verses 6 to 9 he said jesus being in very nature like god did not consider equality with god something to be grasped but made himself nothing taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness And being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself and became obedient to death even death on a cross therefore god exalted him yes and god exalts the lamb because the lamb humbled himself and became a man left his glory above and came as lowly man nothing will ever make that statement less outstanding, astounding, sorry. God became man. The king became the servant. The lion became the lamb. Therefore, every created being in heaven is singing, to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. And that's what we found in Revelation 5 verse 13. The lion gets the victory through the tactics of the lamb, through humility, we conquer by yielding. Hebrews 10 verse 5 says, Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice an offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. Verse 6, In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Verse 7, Then I said, behold i have come in the volume of the book it is reading of me to do your will O god and let us take a look at the next lesson of jesus as the lion and the lamb the paradox we take a look at the concept of righteous judgment when you take a look at the word judgment sometimes a lot of times it connotes something negative negative. and so how can a judgment be righteous and so even in judgment God's mercy shows the coming of Jesus shows how God was righteous even in his judgment man rightfully deserved to die. Deuteronomy 5 verse 9 says, You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Luke 23 verse 34 says, Then Jesus said, father forgive them for they do not know what they do if we take a look at that word from deuteronomy 5 verse 9 even though god says he will punish up to a thousand generations he also said that he sorry he said he would punish up to the fourth generation but then he shows mercy to a thousand generations and so there is even mercy in his judgment he only punishes up to the fourth but rewards up to a thousand generations and that was why jesus said on the cross father forgive them because they do not know what they do god understands our frame it's not in his will for anybody to perish he wants everyone to come to a loving relationship with him and that's why his judgment is righteous the third aspect or the third lesson we want to learn from the paradox of jesus as the lion and the lamb is that there is strength in weakness Yes, that is not something that the world, you know, would would, would say. A weak person is just that, weak. But with Jesus as the lion of the Lamb, we see that with God there is always strength in weakness. And Jesus showed this in John 12, 27 to 28. He was troubled. And he would have wanted to pray at this time of weakness for God to deliver him from the suffering ahead. Instead, he prayed that God will be glorified. And he received an instant answer. He gave all the glory back to God, even in his weakness, even at his weak spot. Taking a look at 1 Corinthians 1, verse 225, it says, For Jews request a sign, and Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews' a stumbling block and to the Greeks' foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than man. And the weakness of God is stronger than man. And that is who Jesus is. He showed us strength even in weakness. When we humble ourselves before God, even at our weak spots, He meets us right there and lifts us up. He exchanges our weaknesses his strength we cannot depend on our own strength our fourth lesson today from the example of Jesus as the lion and the lamb is receiving through giving the ultimate test of love for God and human beings is in giving something that we hold so dear giving is quite foolish to selfish people the world's philosophy is it is much better to work and work save earn all you can get rich keep and withhold some of the most miserable people of, on earth are those who take and take and never give and god himself showed himself up as the greatest giver in john three sixteen. He gave his only son and received him back in glory and seated at the right hand of power. Our next lesson is gaining through losing. And you wonder, how can you gain something when you're actually losing it? And that is the paradox. That is God for you. He's not a man model. There is nothing he cannot do. Materialism and love of money have always been the greatest hindrances to a personal living relationship with the Lord. People who are materialistic never have any thoughts of sacrificing and offering anything for him who died and gave himself for them. After receiving Christ as Lord and Savior, we need to accept the fact that we are to live a life of service and sacrifice for him. Only then can we be truly satisfied. How can you gain the whole world and lose your soul? Or like Paul said, you can lose earthly opportunities but gain Christ and lay up treasures in heaven. And another lesson we can learn from the paradox of the lion and the lamb which is another paradox in itself is living through dying and you ask me how can you truly live when dying you can find more on this in john twelve twenty four. in this verse jesus was foretelling his death the corn of wheat that falls to the ground and dies also grows and becomes productive. This is an agricultural and also a spiritual principle. Death to the old self is the first step to Christian growth. And this principle is found in the New Testament. Death to the sinful nature means to be willfully against the works of the flesh the mentality philosophies and superstitions of the world god says that the flesh must be crucified with its sinful lust in galatians five twenty four. the more you die to self the more christ is seen in you john the baptist said that christ must increase and we must decrease and that means self we must put self aside all the selfishness and be more selfless second Corinthians 515 says and he died for all that those who live should live no longer for themselves but for him who died for them and rose again another lesson we will learn through the paradox of Jesus as the Lion and the Lamb is the concept of finding something through losing it. And you can find this in Matthew 10, verse 39. People try to find the meaning of life in earthly pursuits, in trying to succeed and prosper, and in trying to enjoy their material possessions, only to find out too late then nothing on earth really satisfies the soul. Nothing. Not fame, not fortune, not all the prosperity in the world, not all the power of this world can satisfy your soul. There will always be that gap if Jesus does not fill that gap. Friend, without Jesus, life is meaningless. For Jesus is the very essence of life. And our very last lesson for today is the concept of servant leadership. In Matthew 23 verse 11, Jesus said, Whoever wants to be the greatest should be everyone's servant. We reign by serving." Matthew 20 26 says, yet it shall not be so among you but whoever desires to become great among you let him be your servant and whoever desires to be first among you let him be your slave just as the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many and that really is the story of easter we look at the world today can we truly say that our leaders are actually serving us can we truly find a servant leader can we truly find a selfless leader who is willing to give up their fortune their power their fame their position if necessary for us. And that is what Christ did. No greater love, no greater leader exists. In conclusion, Jesus is worthy because he has conquered sin and death at the cross. The cross was the ultimate victory of God over the forces of sin and evil the blood that was shed on the cross gives the cross its efficacy and power without the blood it will be just you know pieces of wood put together due to the fact that Jesus secured the ultimate victory at Calvary he is worthy to receive and open the scroll which contains the righteous judgment of god and that ends my podcast for today. But we can't truly end without a word of prayer. If this podcast, if this topic has ministered to you and you have not given your life to Christ, I would implore you to reach out for more on this. But in the meantime, I would like to pray with you the prayer of salvation, the prayer to give your life to Christ, because there is no other essence to life without Christ. There really is no life without Christ. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you for your word today. For as many, as many as have come to a knowledge of you today, I pray, Lord, that you receive them. As they lift up their hearts to you, receive them. Save their souls. And draw them to your heart. Fill them with your Holy Spirit. Let them know more of you. Reveal yourself to them and fill them with your power. Fill them with your strength. Take away the weaknesses in exchange for your strength. Fill them with your life, life in abundance. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Let your word fulfill what you have sent it forth to do today all over the world as people listen in the name of Jesus. And so I just want to say a big thank you for listening in today. May God bless you. And may God water his word in your heart and make it fruitful in Jesus' name. Have a blessed Easter Monday and take good care of yourself.